You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Verita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome back, friends, to the Legal Skinny podcast. Some historical traditional thoughts of company or corporate retreats might make you think of extravagance (laughs) limited to upper management with private jets, endless booze, and some crazy cool opportunities, you know, um, to experience things that uh, the the normal people may not experience in the company you know, where the regular employee never gets that sort of exclusive invite. Now, I'll not say that those don't exist anymore. And maybe there is a place for that in your company, especially part of that is about rewarding, you know, certain different levels of employees, uh, employees possibly that drive the sales of the company, you know, where you're asking people to achieve these, you know, goals, and then you're rewarding them by some sort of, you know, special opportunity because they hit those levels. But a lot of companies have looked uh, more recently at a single company retreat or series of retreat team building type events as a way to build culture throughout the entire company. And I think this can be done in any size company and it can be very effective. So setting aside COVID-19 concerns and all the CDC guidance, uh, let's just talk the company retreat, its purpose and pitfalls. Purpose. Now, while I like a great party like anybody else, you know, that should not be the main goal of your company retreat. Now, don't tune me out just yet. I'm not saying there shouldn't be a fun and light atmosphere, but the people behind the retreat should be more than just the marketing department planning a good party. I think if you just plan a great party, there's really missed opportunities, you know, especially when you don't have a focused purpose, a real purpose. You know, and brainstorm about what you want to happen at this event, you know, that could possibly take the company to the next level if all the employees are on board. Some examples of possible purposes, you know, recognition of goals achieved both, you know, at the at the corporate level by the company and then the recognition of individuals within the company that helped achieve those goals or they achieved their own individual goals that were set for them. You know, possibly um, another great purpose would be providing access for all different levels of employees to different levels of management in the company, you know, in a more casual setting, you know, so people feel that they get to participate in understanding the leaders throughout your company and they feel maybe more invested in who these people are 
rather than this sort of far away approach that the lower level employee never really gets to sort of, you know, uh, rub elbows, uh, if you may, with, you know, the higher ups. Um, it also makes the employees possibly feel there's different pathways to move up in the company. There may be, you know, connections where mentor uh, relationships are created, you know, goodwill with the employees and sometimes some unity actually between the management and the teams that they manage. Another great purpose would be growing skills, you know, such as communication within the teams or maybe other skills that you want the different employees to develop. Uh, another, another great purpose would be providing reduction of stress and showing gratitude to your employees. And that could be, you know, a piece too of, of some of these other purposes and combining the purposes together, you know, just so that you have a why as to why you're actually having the event. And then of course, one of the, the big purposes that a lot of people do these types of events is to energize teams about the company mission. And I think there's a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, video, you know, <laughs> is a is a popular one, you know, having something thoughtful put together about, you know, what the goals and purposes and mission of the company are so that, you know, you're always touching them and also figuring out how to connect the employees to be invested, right, in what it is that the company mission is. Pitfalls. There's a lot of different angles about the potential pitfalls with company uh, corporate retreats. But let me just start with this case out of California. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, while it's still allegations and in the initial stages of the lawsuit, the alleged facts um, in this petition that I'm going to talk about, they don't sound good. And they probably make the best example of the nightmare that you do not want happening due to some type of team building activity or corporate retreat, company retreat situation. So let me tell you about it. In a recent case filed in Los Angeles County, California, plaintiff Jennifer Spargi Fiori filed a petition against her employer, defendant Panda Restaurant Group, Inc., also known as, you might be familiar with, the restaurant chain Panda Express, and a group called Alive Seminars and Coaching Academy. In her allegations, she alleges sexual battery, hostile work environment based on sex, gender, sex and gender, uh, failure to prevent harassment, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and constructive discharge. Now, now these claims are all under California state laws. Um, and to be fair, you know, California laws may differ from the jurisdiction that you're in. So I'm not going to go in depth on the laws and the, and the legality part of that. And I, I just want to mention the alleged facts in this petition because, well, they're just so bizarre, if not shocking, that uh, there's a number of other types of claims that could have been filed related to this, no matter probably what state you're in. Okay, so Ms. Spargi Fiore was an employee at a Pan Express in Santa Clarita, California, working there from like August 2016 to July 2019, according to her petition. In the petition, she states she was eager to move up in the company and management. Uh, she self proclaims herself as a, a motivated employee who had earned several pay raises for diligent and company work, good company work. She alleges she inquired of her managers, you know, what steps she should take to maximize her opportunities for promotion, with the result being that Pan Express, uh, what the allegations are, that they send her to this Alive Seminars and Coaching Academy. 
specifically, she states that in order to be considered for a promotion, that one of the individuals over her store said she needed to complete this sort of self-improvement seminar run by Alive Seminars. And she alleges that she signed up and paid for this four-day program out of pocket. But at the seminar itself, uh, she was um, uh, surrounded also by all other Pan Express employees. Those are the, um, it was only Pan Express employees in attendance at the seminar. And that um, while she had to pay for it herself, that other employees, you know, Pan Express paid for them to go. And that uh, when they received the materials allegedly at this seminar, that the materials had Panda Express logo on them. And then the seminar fee was even, they had to give their employee account IDs so that their employee accounts could be um, debited for the seminar fee. And so, um, you know, they're alleging that there's a clear connection between this live seminars and coaching academy and Panda Express. And she alleges that the self-improvement seminar and uh, the setting of it was that, and <laughs> let me just go into this whole thing, uh, that there was, there was no phones allowed. Which I mean, I'd be surprised if the phones are very distracting to any type of sort of team building exercise. So I'm not super, super shocked about the no phones. But I, I think then when it kind of, as you see this progress, um, it doesn't add to the situation when there is no phones and these types of things are occurring. So um, she alleges there's no phones allowed, that there was no clock in the room, that the doors and the windows were covered with black cloth. And that these day-long sessions led to bizarre and quickly developed into psychological uh, abuse. One of the alleged exercises, she claimed several in the petition, but the one I'm going to talk about is that um, this, this exercise where she was being forced to strip down to her underwear under the guise of trust building, where then she stripped almost naked in front of these strangers, these people for the seminar, uh, and also coworkers, and that with each participant, you know, after they'd stripped down, allegedly, they were supposed to stand up and yell about their inner struggles until everyone, quote, believed in them, with the allegation that uh, in the petition that the last male participant had difficulty getting the group to, quote, believe in them, and he broke down in tears, where then she was told to stand up and go to the middle of the room and hug this male participant, hug it out, and wearing nothing but um, their underwear. She states she left the seminar early and then there, there not long after was, uh, there was a constructive discharge from her work at PN Express as a result. Now PN Express, remember these are allegations, denies they approved of all this. Okay. Stating they don't condone the kind of behavior described in the lawsuit and it's deeply concerning to us. And they do not mandate any associate participate in these alive seminars to gain promotion. This whole lawsuit, it's in its early stages. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, you know, whether in court or perhaps behind closed doors and some type of resolution. Uh, maybe Pan Express is spot on and they didn't have anything to do with this mess of a lawsuit. But if even a portion of this lawsuit um, is true, that they were somehow involved with this type of leadership culture event and endorsing it or associating it with them, well, I could probably talk a lot about a lot of different pitfalls for all of that. Um, but obviously, number one, it's a no brainer. Uh, you know, one of the pitfalls, you know, is, you know, getting involved in these sort of uh, legal issues, right? So it's a no brainer. I think that you do not ask the employees to get naked or strip in any capacity. 
<laughs> now, now that we have that out of the way, uh, you certainly wouldn't endorse a, a third-party group to do that with your employees either. In, in general, you know, doing stuff with third parties for corporate or company events or team building leadership classes or seminars, you know, it's innovative and it can help you build your culture. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that can happen when you do do that. Um, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't insulate you as the employer from whatever may happen at them, right? And, and it's kind of tricky. And usually there's a contract and or some type of relationship as to why that's occurring, right? Where you where you've developed a relationship with this third party to come in and, and uh, have something to do with your employees or send your employees to something. And it's complicated, right? But understanding the employer's responsibility in those scenarios is important. And, you know, understanding what you're endorsing the third party to do with the employees is also really important. So while I don't think it's a, a totally bad idea, I don't think you can have an ostrich in the sand, you know, type approach either, right? Please also think about how your great idea for a retreat or culture building opportunity appears from a legal perspective or a PR perspective or just a basic human perspective. I mean, cases like what I just described to you, those types of facts, I mean, they're scary because when you hear it and you think, well, who thought that was a good idea? You know, um, you know, clearly somebody did. And, you know, what a lawsuit means is a potential jury, which means a whole group of people of all of them, some possibly thinking, well, who thought that was a good idea, right? I mean, it's a, it's a tricky situation. And certainly any type of, you know, event related to a company, whether it's you sending someone somewhere or the employee somewhere or whether you're having someone come in, you know, it is. Uh, something that you can't wash your hands of. And it's something you definitely want to know, um, not just sort of buy into the idea that they're going to create. I think this course was called the self-improvement. You know, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> what exactly are you going to be doing with these employees? Where are we going with all of this? Um, just to make sure that it does reflect what truly is your culture. Because, you know, Pan Express obviously is saying, this is not our culture. And, and you know, them having to work through this now um, is, you know, probably frustrating to them if they truly didn't have any idea as to what was going on at these events and if they were associated with them at all. So um, also, you know, stepping away from that overall, I mean, be inclusive and be thoughtful. You know, say you're going to have a company retreat where the social part of the event is at one of those like trendy new bowling alleys. Yeah, and I'm not talking about your uh, big Lombowski type bowling alley. <laughs> Although any chance to mention the dude in my podcast, well, that's that's just a good day for me. But I'm talking about some of those like new trendy bowling alleys, you know, with the craft cocktails and the gourmet bites. And I think I've even seen where they have like curtains for the corporate events to shield off your group from others. Uh, maybe this is, you know, something that you know, your your company or group might be involved and interested in doing because you love to bowl or you know some of the other employees love bowling. You can have a competition and there's room for meeting space and team building exercises. And so when you give your stamp of approval for this bowling alley event, you know, usually you're not thinking um, sometimes at that who can't bowl, right? Have you thought about that? 
I mean, if your company doesn't have a bowling team, I mean, how would you even know who can or can't bowl? I remember uh, at a, a birthday party once at a bowling alley many, many, many moons ago. <laughs> I'm horrible at bowling, but I like, I love doing it. <laughs> it, it was a, it was one of those like rock and bowl, uh, black light, um, night events, right? I think it started at like midnight. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I was kind of shocked to find out that half of my friends had simple back problems that I didn't even know, um, prevented them from bowling. Some, you know, something they never brought up and, and it was something that really didn't appear to like, uh, limit them in any other way, but you know, it is something that restricted them from being able to participate in something like that. Uh, so those types of things are something you have to think about in in a broader perspective when you're planning these types of events. I mean, another inventive type uh, activity, uh, for example, like there's many out there, of course, for corporate retreats and, and company retreats. But one would be like the Utah Motorsports Campus. And if you're not familiar with this, they they have a 511-acre property just outside Salt Lake City, and they offer corporate meeting and reception space overlooking their racetrack facilities, uh, which are extensive. I mean, they have a 0.9-mile multiple-configuration karting and supermoto track, a, a dirt track, and stadium for off-road truck racing, a rock-crawling course uh, for corporate events, um, archery tag, rival Nerf gun wars, and dare say, dodgeball. And then I'm going to go on a limb here and say dodgeball is not ideal for corporate team building. <laughs> at least at least the dodgeball that I remember from when I was in school uh, uh, for many, many other, uh, but very distinct reasons. But all the rest of that, well, doesn't that sound awesome? I mean, if you, if you saw the website for the Utah Motorsports Campus, I mean, it's pretty awesome. And um, and the corporate facilities alone are, are impressive. I could see how you could plan some pretty cool stuff here. Although I'm not going to discuss the crazy liability waiver that pro that place probably has you signed. But point being, activities at a retreat may simply at first glance seem super amazing. And I and, and they they can be, right? But I think you have to always consider how to incorporate other ways for people to be included, even if they can't participate in maybe these physical or other type activities for whatever reason. Just as if you want to have a wine tasting activity, but didn't realize some of your employees may be sober recovering alcoholics or have a health condition or simply don't enjoy alcohol or just don't like wine. I know <laughs> quite the shocker for some of those creative types planning these uh, activities for these retreats, but still potentially true. What any person planning one of these types of events needs to realize is that a company culture is diverse and making everyone happy, it's not the goal or it shouldn't be the goal. Making everyone feel included is. So rather than obsessing over whether, you know, Susie's group in marketing will enjoy this or Carl's group uh, will enjoy that, I think that the spotlight should be on two things. One, the purpose, and two, the feel, which should be inclusive. If you start there and continue to let those fuel your decision-making for the planning and creation of the event, I think you'll find it leads you into developing a company or corporate retreat 
that is worth the time and the cost and the energy. Now I have lots, lots more thoughts on all of this, but for now I'll leave it at that. And that's the legal skinny on company retreat, purpose and pitfalls. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, This is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.